just. I was sitting in a petrol station last night and I was calming and oh mother of God, the window got tapped three <laughs> times in ten minutes. They are. That was mad. the one lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're mental about it, yeah. That's Don't go to rock. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. This is News Talk. Now then, you're welcome along this evening. So a slight tangent is going to come your way between 8 and 9 o'clock. This hour we have Wednesday Night Rugby. Chris Jones of the BBC will assess a mixed November for England, Scotland and Wales. On the football show, really good piece with Jerry Longman of the New York Times. He's a best-selling author and he will talk about the Iranian players' protest and why the reaction across Iran is more complicated than we might have thought at first glance. Plus, Jean-Philippe Leclerc. He is of L'Equipe. He will talk to us about France's uh, first outing last night where they did the necessary against Australia. Unlike, of course, Michael McCarthy, Germany today, Argentina yesterday, we're having some... uh, Upset. To yeah, we're having. We've had three hammerings. Yeah, and we've had from three of the favourites, and then two of the other favourites have been upset and beaten. It's like there's no in between. Yeah, <laughs> really, from what we've seen so far. But the Japan Germany game was amazing today. So Germany, as I was saying, like the lads outside, because I was on. You know, you're kind of working. You're sort of half watching, watch as much as possible. It's like, as am I right in saying Germany are well on top here? Oh, they should be six up. Yeah, is what I heard. One nil penalty, goal disallowed. Very eerily similar to Argentina, Saudi Arabia, actually. Yeah. But Japan, I was watching way more the second half and Japan were just coming into it, into it, into it. Neuer made an amazing save right before Japan scored, about five minutes before. And then they score from a rebound. Uh, Neuer, don't think he did too well, to be honest. He parried out into the penalty spot almost. And then the, the second goal was amazing. And it was just this... It was a great World Cup moment, you know. We're not gonna, we're, we're we're quite negative about the World Cup, but you do still get caught up in, in the moment. And you know, as Germany are Neuer's going up for corners in the last, uh, you know, the last two or three minutes, and the sub goalkeeper is the prominent person on the sideline in fine World Cup tradition as they yeah. wait to celebrate, as the subs wait to invade the field on the final whistle. So yeah, it was it was. Um, it puts Germany in a tough position because Spain won 7-0 and that's not an easy group. Spain but good. outside, like, a day like that is amazing. Like, you know, don't forget, like, Japan's last thing in the World Cup was conceding a last-second goal to Belgium in the last 16, four years ago. Mm. You know, like, when they were, uh, it was about to go to penalties and they conceded, much to Ronnie Whelan's chagrin, people remember he didn't think that they should be uh, trying to score a winner in a draw match. <laughs> so it's honestly one of my favourite pieces of commentary of all time. He was so angry. But, uh, you know, that was a horrible way to go out. And then they go and beat Germany the next time they play in a World Cup. It's class. Mm. So after nine o'clock, just to put some meat in the bone, uh, Jeremy Longman is of the New York Times, his best-selling author, and he's been covering the situation in Iran, which, as uh, I'm sure most of us know at this stage, really kicked off back in September with the death of 22-year-old Massa Amini. She died in police custody, uh, reportedly beaten in a police truck and after being arrested by the morality police. And so her funeral kicked off these uh, widespread protests, headscarves ripped off, hijabs burned, women were cutting their hair. It morphed into a protest beyond Uh, The funeral and the crackdown and the reaction from the Iranian authority obviously has been swift and brutal. Over 400 deaths, uh, the latest estimate from various human rights uh, watchdogs. So 
the Iranian players didn't sing the anthem on Monday and we saw the crowd boo the anthem and we saw that great shot of the woman in the crowd, the fan in the crowd applauding her team not singing the anthem and it was seen as a fairly uncomplicated moment of players and people together against authorities. And so, as uh, Jerry will explain later on, it seems to be a bit more complicated than that. So there is a huge groundswell of opinion in Iran that the players should not be there at all, that they should not have gone to this World Cup. And the reports after the game on Monday are of celebrations when all the England goals went in and of you know, scenes where people are on motorbikes driving around honking their horns and screaming six with joy as in England scored six jo- goals. Um, so it, initially, I think we'd all assumed, well, there's a sense there that any embarrassment for Iran at large is an embarrassment to the authorities. So it's good that, it, you know, the team were beaten and that um, Iran looks, you know, uh, foolish on the international stage and therefore the authorities look foolish. But there, it's it's hard now to discern whether it's that or whether there's even a degree of, well, you can not sing during the national anthem. Mm. We don't really care. The fact that you're there at all is wrong. And so we're delighted you got spanked. So it's a really nuanced uh, and, and difficult to know what the truth is kind of a... Yeah. Conversation. Jerry will join us later on and explain all, but it's it's did not you hear, as straightforward um, as we thought maybe on Monday. Did you hear Carlos Queiroz's press conference after the evening game? I'm trying to avoid Carlos Queiroz at the moment, but uh, yeah, no, you got enough of us last week. <laughs> yeah. I did. No, he. Um, it, 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 I think a few of his quotes were picked up wrong because he was talking about those fans who were celebrating England scoring, and he says like, "Listen, if that's the way you're going to behave, then don't turn up to the games." And he has been misquoted because I think that was in reference to those kind of fans and not necessarily in reference to those who were booing the anthem. Okay. So there's been a bit of a, a cross-wire situation there. And also, he was asked about the players' protest and not singing the anthem. Mm. And he, he, like, he doesn't really want them to get... He, he wants, essentially, them... And to a degree, you can understand this, to concentrate on football-only matters. But um, he says that the pressure that they're under at the moment to either protest or not protest one way or the other. He used ill-advisedly and granted he's speaking in a second or third language, he said they're going to be killed either way. And no matter what protest or what non-protest they come out and make, they're in a really, really rotten position, the players at the moment. And you can understand why a team that's under that duress can succumb to a defeat like they did the other day and will probably do so again during the competition. And just to a degree, even though it's a World Cup Finals, just don't want to be there. And it's probably the last place they want to be right now and if you factor in as well the fact that iran if we're basing you know sanctions and, and you know the russia situation like you're talking about a country is providing drones to russia to go and attack ukraine like <laughs> on that basis alone they probably shouldn't be there uh, but also you factor in the protests back home and it's a really difficult situation for the players to try and juggle while also playing three football matches. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think our sense on Monday, uh, not least when we saw the woman in the crowd applauding with tears in her eyes, was that this was an amazingly powerful moment and one of, uh, you know, great unity with the Iranian football team and its people. But it turns out that may not be the case as of outlined. So Sherry Lockman will join us of the New York Times after nine on the football show and we'll be talking uh, oh. France last night. Mbappe was... Electric. Oh, Mbappe. This is going to be a Hello World Cup. He was looking very, very, very good. You're gasping Have you seen there, that, Steve Richie. McCarthy? Yeah, You're gasping Canada there, Michael. Canada yeah, Canada yeah, Canada yeah. well, because Kevin Cabane won't be happy. 
Oh, and it's adopted country because Canada have just missed the penalty against Belgium. Uh, against Belgium, Thibaut Courtois saved it. It was a handball VAR decision. Uh, is he off his line? No, he's probably all right. Ten minutes yeah. gone. No so uh, Canada missing an early uh, penalty there. Uh, like I said, we'll be talking France as well. Uh, yeah, John, Mbappe Jean-Marie was amazing. Claire. And Giroud, we talked a little bit about last night, Joe, equaling the record. And we were saying, I don't know if you'd agree, equaling Henri's record as the highest uh, male uh, French goal scorer of all time. Uh, we were saying, is he one of the most underappreciated careers <laughs> of all time? Oh, 100%. Like he's still I, I there saw, knocking saw, in goals at the World Cup. I saw this point being made and somebody, I, I, I don't know if it was, uh, it was one of the Spanish football journalists, I think, saying last night, like it's really... Um, I don't know, it's condescending to describe him as being, you know, underrated. He's had a brilliant career and he's played for some excellent clubs. You talk about him as if France have picked this guy from League One. Like, I don't know, like he's Steve Bull or something like that in the England 1990 squad. Where it's like, ah, oh, didn't he do well to get as far as he did? He's played for Arsenal, Chelsea and AC Milan and done brilliantly at all of them. Uh, but the fact that he's been able to take that into the, into the international realm with such gusto is I, brilliant. I, I think he's absolutely. underrated. I think you can still say he's underrated having played for those clubs. Like, I feel like he was a maligned figure when he played in the Premier League, even at Arsenal, even at Chelsea, winning FA Cups mm. for both. Uh, Champions League, Chelsea, was he still there? I'm not sure if he was on that team, actually. Um, he, you have to say, I, I agree, and I thought he was very good last night, but you have to say he has been very lucky by the fact that Kareem Benzema, for one reason or another, seems to never be able to get on the pitch. Mm. for France but I mean to be ably to be able to kind of come in win a World Cup in Benzema one of the best strikers in the world's absence to now be almost surely going to be his country's top scorer of all time if he gets even another one in this tournament you know that was the shot absolutely underappreciated I couldn't believe yeah. that last night when I saw 51 I have I've, I'll be honest Olivia I've missed about 45 of them <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel bad about that because uh, it turns out you're an international goal scoring phenom so I, the 51 blew me away I mean Gavin Cooney made a point last night that this is bad news for France they only win World Cups when their strikers can't score <laughs> okay. or they don't have strikers <laughs> hello um, Stefan Givers it was interesting watching uh, on the BBC certainly anyway they had this really good feature on Mbappe ahead of kickoff, and he's not lacking in confidence Mbappe I think that's fair to say He speaks reasonable English as well, I hadn't realised. And he was letting everybody know in the interview that four years ago, you know, he was of a level and really good. Now I am a superstar, (laughs) he said several times. (laughs) Now I am a superstar. And there's no two ways about it. And But then he went out and delivered. I mean, uh, the electricity when he touches the ball is just incredible. Yeah. There's there's brilliant photos from Steve McCarthy from Sportswild. I don't know if people have saw them. Um, They're essentially like the Maradona 82 against Belgium, albeit uh, in this case it wasn't from a free kick, an indirect free kick that he uh, ends up losing the ball. Um, But regardless, like... He's uh, asking for trouble in that France side anyway because there was a couple of incidents last night wherein he has decided that he's taking all the set pieces. I don't know if you noticed that. He's yeah. taking free kicks. He's taking corners. That's on his insistence and his insistence alone. And he was lacking certainly in a number of incidents there last night. And that is something that could rear its ugly head later on in the mm. tournament for sure. I saw that photo as well. I, I didn't see the context. That struck me as similar-ish to the Maradona one. Just the way the Australians were lined up. It was almost off a corner or off some kind of set piece. Just the way they were too perfectly lined up now. Can we not just enjoy the mystery? You're right, sorry. 
We don't have to check. Say, like, <laughs> Richie didn't need to, you know, mid-bust the Belgium photo from 86 either. No, we all, we all know, right. Sorry, we just don't like to think that about That is churlish of me to even uh, <laughs> say that. If I think Both of you. You're yeah, bad I, as each other. I, I apologise, actually. Joyless. Uh, the news round brought to you with Gillette and Association with Movember. Effortless shave. Magnificent Mo. You can sign up or donate now at Movember.com. Like I said, a slight tangent between eight and nine. We'll touch Chris Jones of the BBC about England. Wales and Scotland in the rugby half past seven. We sort of figured we've talked enough Ireland over the last number of days and there's plenty of Ireland analysis over the last uh, number of days across the schedule. So uh, Chris will fill us in on, uh, like I said, England in particular, Scotland and Wales as well. Uh, Richie, you're starting with World Cup. So Spain, they were uh, genuinely, I mean, really eye-catchingly good. Yeah, yeah but you know, we should... Uh counteract that with Costa Rica weren't very good but Spain have certainly laid down a marker in their opening Group E game at the World Cup Ferran Torres scored twice as Luis Enrique's side thrashed Costa Rica by 7 goals to nil in Doha it's the biggest win at a World Cup finals since 2010 there was a major shock in Group E's other game earlier this afternoon goals from substitutes Ritsu Doan and Takuma Sano saw Japan come from a goal down to beat Germany 2-1 Germany faced Spain on Sunday with their future in the competition very much on the line there prior to today's game German players covered their mouths for the team photo in protest at FIFA banning captain Manuel Neuer from wearing the One Love armband, they released a statement during the game saying human rights are non-negotiable and they wanted their voices to be heard. There was also a third goalless draw of the competition this morning, this time in Group F, with Croatia and Morocco drawing a blank. And of course, that 7pm start to the group's other game, and it remains Belgium nil, Canada nil, Alfonso Davies seeing a penalty saved uh, by Thibaut Courtois. And further to that France performance last night, Lucas Hernandez has been ruled out of the rest of the tournament. He suffered a cruciate knee ligament injury. Uh, while playing for France in their 4-1 win over Australia Yikes, not good I did see uh, Will was saying outside that Manuel Neuer's armband was checked and double checked Mm. for the appropriate colours earlier on and uh, Wales have uh, released footage the corner flags at their training ground are very much of the rainbow variety this I suppose not insignificant when we're seeing reporters there was a Danish reporter the latest who was wearing uh, rainbow armband of some kind and he was uh, stopped and accosted and told you can't wear that just filming on the street you know yeah. so Grant it is Wall all uh, that into the stadium the US uh, yeah yesterday Grant Wall yeah a lot of this yeah yeah the so bucket hats that the uh, some Welsh fans were wearing yeah. there were rainbows they were obviously denied coming into the so stadium it's, it's as well, bubbling so. away I thought the German protest was very clever it was such a yeah. succinct gesture such a, a, a brilliant summation we've mm. been gagged here yeah of quite a complicated couple of days I thought whoever came up with that was really smart it was really Very good, good. And you know, it was a it was, good statement to go along with it was with more it. than just taking a knee it was you know it, it, it had um, you know they could have done some kind I, I don't know if you, I don't think you can really do the black power salute um, in that instance you could take the knee no. I suppose uh, but the we've been gagged yeah it was brilliant it was a Quite an elegant um, response. We were kind of all quite struck yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, Joe. You you, you weren't in Jan Vertonghen no. to give a press conference where he talked. He said, I've never felt like this before. I don't have the exact words, Richie. You, you, you might remember them. Yeah. But he was like, you, you have them. Uh, no, he, so, he was saying that... Um, like basically that we've been we're we're being we, controlled yes um and that we're not allowed to say what we want to say in the international stage and if that's the case then then where exactly are we in terms of international football and it was really um well described at top by Vertonghen yeah. yesterday in his press conference and saying I've never felt like this before like this yeah. is that that I think that for all the criticism we gave of England and you know not to relitigate that but 
I do feel like there's an awful lot of pressure coming on these players and they're they're kind of I think there might be an element of shock to how strongly FIFA and or Qatar are coming down on all of this. Mm. You know, that the threat of a yellow card might not have actually been all it was. You know, so Vertonghen's statement was very, very strong. But I think Germany, I think you're dead right. I think they did something really original that was incredibly strong in its symbolism. And fair play to them because yeah, I, yeah like I mean that that's that's all they could do in this in situation. Yeah. For the first time in his life, mark it down. Nineteen minutes in the game between Belgium and Canada, Kevin De Bruyne's vision let him down. He was uh, racing through in real De Bruyne fashion, you know, when he gets a gallop on. He was racing through and there was one Belgian player to his left who was being marked and there was a Belgian player to his right who was completely free and he didn't see the player to his right and tried to play the difficult ball to the Belgian player on his left who was marked and it didn't happen. And then he looked around and I think he's as shocked as all of us <laughs> that he didn't see the player to his right. There I ask, was the player on his right, Bashui? Uh, no. Bashui. <laughs> No, 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 I don't think okay. so. I don't think so. And he wasn't impressed either. There it was right. So, uh, Rich, I'll let you rattle through a few. Yeah, the Glazer family last night confirmed their intention to seek outside investment in Manchester United. That could lead to the club sale, ending an unpopular 17-year reign by the Glazers. They purchased the club for £790 million in 2005, which saddled the club with a debt that now stands in excess of £500 million. In a statement last night, the club said the Glazers would explore a number of options, including new investment into the club, a sale or other transactions involving the company. The Rain Group, which oversaw Roman Abramovich's sale of Chelsea to Todd Bowley, will act as executive financial advisor there. Uh, while Cristiano Ronaldo has been banned for two matches by the Football Association and fined £50,000 for that incident in which he knocked a phone out of a fan's hand in a game against Everton, the forward, who has now, of course, left Manchester United, was involved in an altercation with a 14-year-old boy back in April. The suspension will be transferred when Ronaldo joins a new club, but doesn't count, of course, at the World Cup. Well, I think we'd all like to commend the FA for such a swift response to the incident in April. They really <laughs> got to the bottom of that nice and quickly. Uh, like, well done. Sorry, I just, the day after it became irrelevant, they were like, oh, we have a settlement. This is just coincidence. That is strange. Uh, so Manchester United for sale. Very interesting. We'll do a piece on this, I'm sure, in the coming days. Uh, Ron Nagara, meanwhile. He's in trouble again. Uh, he's been handed a 10-week suspension by the French National League today. The La Rochelle head coach has also been fined €20,000 with 5000 of that suspended for the use of abusive or defamatory language towards match officials and for bringing the game into disrepute. O'Gara won't be involved for his club again until January 30th, meaning he misses all four of their Heineken Champions Cup pool games. And when he returns, O'Gara will have been suspended for a total of 16 weeks this season alone. Yeah, I mean, as you... Presuming, are we asking about this on the show? We have, we haven't. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's come up. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it has. <laughs> <laughs> I presume he says, "Yeah, no, I won't have to. I'll, I'll have to stop doing that." And then, <laughs> and then Richie is with us the next evening, bringing us more news. Yeah, so, these uh, things could be coincidental and just of the moment. I, I, well, and, you know, I think he could be. How do you know he's not a hounded figure that the the, the well, authorities have it in from them? Well, because I, d- I don't think he's been forced down from the stands. <laughs> That's the thing about France is that the coaches are on the sidelines and right. they're not up in their their coaches' boxes. And I think he's he's got he's lost the run of himself <laughs> to, by his own admission. Fair I think enough. one or two times, and I, he has broached it on on the show before. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. relatively recently. And, Look, and yeah, when he takes over England, he's going to be up in the skybox, so <laughs> he won't be getting himself in trouble. One yet. of the emails into a slight tangent at offtheball.com is as mature as we all are now and everything. Huh? Are we really ready for a last-minute winner, a last-minute own Farrell kick for England to beat Ireland at Twickenham on Paddy's Day 
and for Ogara to be in his white tracksuit pumping his fist. Are we ready for that? that? With the red rose? Yeah, kissing the rose. <laughs> are we ready for that? I'll hold me wished until after eight o'clock. <laughs> Richie, are you ready for that, really? I've just, uh, you've already put it in my head that I'm going to put Kiss from a Rose by Seal to the resultant uh, montage. So thank you for the idea, nonetheless. Yeah. No, well, there was a very good email to that effect into a slight tangent. So we'll we'll discuss that um, in due course. Uh, meanwhile, one last story, if we can. Uh, Pep Guardiola's yep. hanging around. Yeah, he says he can't be in a better place than Manchester City. He has signed a new two-year deal to remain a city manager and will stay there until the summer of 2025. Guardiola's deal was due to expire at the end of this season and he previously spoken, of course, about taking over a national side, possibly Brazil, possibly Spain, that all put to bed today. 